What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It's a special evening post-work edition, catching you on your drive time home. You guys have been working your jobs all day. You've been moving factory stuff around, looking at patients. I don't know what you do at your jobs. Maybe you got important jobs. Maybe you've been taking orders all day. Maybe you've been selling stuff all day. Maybe you haven't plugged any sales. Either way, you're furious because you got to sit in afternoon traffic, and you're like, well, lucky for me, Rob's doing an evening broadcast. Maybe this will be our new dry, our new thing. Afternoon drive time, post job, when you got to get your kids and you're sitting in that parking line and you're thinking, why can't they just figure this out? I mean, I don't even really want to pick up my kid and now I got to wait in a line for something I didn't even want to do. And all these other parents and they're talking to each other because they all seem to like each other. And so they wave and then they stop and like they're happy to do their little chit chat. And this one waves at that one. I'm just sitting in this line trying to grab my stupid fucking kid who didn't even learn anything today. Let's be honest, I'm paying a big fat bill, but I went to school. I know what kids do in school. They take bathroom breaks. That's what they do. They learn how to roam the hallways and pretend like they're not walking in the slowest fashion ever. Anyways, welcome back to the show. It's nice to be here. Uh, second half of the episode, we've got our uh, wonder boy, non-scientist Steven with us, who's going to break down this FTX situation because it's getting weird. I mean, was this a money laundering operation? Was this the Epstein's wealth given to new Jews, a new generation of Jews? so that they could help the Democrats launder pedophiles across the globe. And, and and they're over here going, hey, look at this guy. He doesn't even care about money. He just sleeps on beanbags. And then you see pictures of this rooftop $40 million Bahama apartment. And you know what $40 million will buy in the Bahamas a lot of kids. That's what $40 million in the Bahamas. $40 million, that's some serious money in the Bahamas until you go to some resort. I don't understand rooftop apartments. I got to be honest. I don't understand it. I'd rather a mansion than to have a $40 million establishment, but then know that I have neighbors underneath me. Unless maybe that's the thrill of it, is that they all know that if you go up to the roof, there's like a serious party going on there. So you get to spend your whole life thinking about the peasants beneath you. And I think that's what's important for being evil. I discovered that, that if you sit it down in nice enough locations, then you can actually feel like you're more important than other individuals. And then you feel better about making decisions that might, you know, because you don't care. You're like, this room is so beautiful. I'm important enough. I can make bad decisions about other people because the beauty of this room reinforces the fact that I'm more important than others. Maybe that's why they like these penthouse towers. They get to be on the roof. They get to be looking at their pools and they get to be going, hey, I'm more important than everyone else. So you know what? I know that you left that money in your bank account, but that's going to be mine now. All right. And, uh. We're off to a hell of a start. St. Michael, good evening, Rob. Run your mouth, buddy. Welcome. Forest Mommy back in the chat, throwing up the fire signs. Nice to have you, St. Michael. Just need Kelly. Then the gang is all here. Look at this. We got our run your mouth regulars. You guys are all becoming fast friends. I like it. All right, so that's going to be in the second half. So let's get into, because I got all sorts of topics for today. So let's make a rundown of today's topics. And then we got some things that we got to cover. And then we're going to bring Steven on. All right, today's topics with the FDA exchange collapse. How have Democrats lost their pedophile funding in sports? Why some men are picking up volleyball and where to see your local team naked? With the COVID emergency extension, how much COVID does everyone need to have for the emergency to be over? Will the government come up with a new term for actual emergencies, like super immediate urgent threat with a winky eye to let you know it's real? With Biden meeting with Z, will he push China to commit on not releasing other lab viruses made by Fauci? And then, of course, 
and Jews that don't have my face commit financial crimes. All that and more on today's Run Your Mouth podcast. All right, so what I got lined up before Steven shows up, uh, a couple Twitter videos. So let's start with this. If you guys didn't watch it, I was planning on, on doing it today uh, because uh, we were doing an episode last night with the Hate Watch Party, and I had this whole thing I was going to talk about, how the new faces of evil people, that they really look like bitchy men. You know, it used to be, you'd see these powerful individuals with slick back hair. Gavin Newsom look, that's what uh, was brought up on the podcast last night. That's what you would figure evil people would look like. But now... You got these new bitch boy faces with uncombed, somewhat Jew Afro pasted on hair. And here he is, the FTX guy who just stole a lot of people's money. Don't believe it when they go, oh, it's a liquidity crisis. That That's stealing. He stole. It's not a liquidity crisis. Yeah, I guess if everyone just allowed him to keep on stealing and no one wanted to take their money that wasn't there because they had already stolen it, you wouldn't have run into liquidity problems to let everyone know that their money had been stolen. Uh, but at the end of the day, their money had been stolen. All right, so let's give a watch uh, to this guy who, you know, just stole a bunch of people's money, living down in the Bahamas, $40 million rooftop apartment. I'm sure he was spending all sorts of money on other stuff. Uh, having a whole team of people down in the Bahamas to have sex with some ugly, ugly Jew broad. That's not, that's not cheap. That takes real money. Uh, so let's give him a watch. He, he can tell us about his lifestyle. Let's not judge him before. Oh, he's angry. And there, look at the Jew actually handing someone money. I got to pause for a second. Are there any people this unimpressive that have actually gone on to make billions of dollars and being slick financially? Like, I, I, you know, I guess Warren Buffett, he started the bitch boy act first where he pretends, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just drinking Coca-Cola every day. You know, I just like eating like an eighth grader and dropping the names of all the companies that I've invested in. But you know me, I'm just a good old wholesome Santa Claus guy. I've never, I've never lobbied people so that they have to use my railroads instead of pipelines. I've never cornered the silver market. I've never done anything bad in my entire life. I never demonized Bitcoin because my entire fortune relies on a financial system that's backed by the Fed. You know, it's like, because uh, we look at people, like Jeff Bezos comes off pretty impressive ever since he became Papa Diesel, popping, uh, you know, taking all those uh, those baby parts, eating placentas, getting out there and having sex with older Spanish women with lizard mouths that blow you so good, you end up with the clarity of the universe where you realize I'm going to go take some steroids, shave my head, and look fucking awesome. But he comes off somewhat impressive. Uh, Elon Musk comes off autistic, and you're confused by him because he talks so slowly. You got to hold on to his every word and just go, maybe he's saying something really smart here because I can't tell. Then you got uh, uh, the, the, the Zucker Pants, who just comes off like a robot, pretending like he likes barbecue. And then you've got this, the new generation of unimpressive where if this guy walked into your office for a meeting and going, hey, I'm already worth $40 billion, and now I'd like some of your money because my money's not enough. I'm going to need more money. I'm not running a Ponzi scheme, but I do need more money in order to keep my financial scheme alive. Would any part about this guy be like, yeah, I think he's got a handle on it? But let's continue.
Now, when he donated $50 million and they say that that's for charity, does that include the $40 million that he gave to the Democratic Party? When they go, look at how wonderful of a man this is and the charity that he's given, who writes these fucking puff pieces for billionaires? Who's the propagandist? Is it the same people that put together that shitty Fauci documentary that had Bono in it so that we could pretend like uh, like that guy was a world saver? Oh, are you guys telling me that you can't you can't hear the sound on the, the video? That's not possible. I set this up properly. Don't tell me that you don't have sound. All right, here, wait, wait. I'll 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 replay it so that you guys don't have to that you guys don't have to miss it. Here we go. You're gonna be able to hear so much sound right now. And then you guys, I'll re-say all my commentary so that you guys didn't miss out everything at the exact perfect moments when it was supposed to be said. Here we go. But Sam is not a traditional billionaire because he believes in the concept of earn to give. Which means his goal as a human is to make as much money as possible just to give it away. Earn to give. And that's exactly what he's doing. So let's say that you have $100 and you want to figure out what you can do with it to help the world. Earning to give is thinking about which causes, which charities save the most lives per dollar. This $100 can go as far as it possibly can to help the world. Last year. Or you could also just not steal it from people. I guess that would also maybe help. Maybe just run a business that actually is a business and doesn't just steal the money. This 29-year-old guy donated $50 million. Next year, he's planning to donate $500 million a year. And next decade, he will probably give away more than $10 billion. The amount of good that you can do uh, for the future of the world is is really large and it's way more than you can do to actually make yourself happy with anything like that amount of money and he is funding everything you can think of global warming it's one of the biggest problems hey guys the biggest threat the one that everyone pretends like they're charitable about that's the thing that he's been working on maybe we just got to go back to a corporate landscape let's burn down these esg scores i'm not actually saying violence i'm saying like let's get rid of the thing that everyone's just pretending like, like, just go run a business and create something of value that you have to actually compete with other people. And if you can do that, we'll just judge you on your business. And whatever you want to do with your private life, you can go do it with your private life. You want to go be extremely charitable, you can be. I feel like people that are incredibly charitable, they don't need to do these videos about them where they hire a film crew to come out and film a propaganda piece about how nice they're being to other people. I, I think when you're out there and you're going... Oh, geez, shucks. I don't even know what to do with my billion dollars. So I'm just going to be a nice guy and give it all away. You're probably fucking lying. This is the new face of the people that lied us. This is what it looks like now. It looks like bitch boys. You're like, oh, yeah, that does look like the nerd in school. I bet he is running a charitable drive. And they just figured out how to actually be the most evil. That we have to tackle together as a world. COVID 19 preparedness. We have to be. Oh, yeah, that was another urgent threat that non Democrats care about. So, in other words, this guy with the uh, nearly got the inside track to having the Democrats be like, hey, no other platform, but you're going to be our guy, uh, seems to be overly concerned with the exact topics that BlackRock and the Democrats are. Ready for the next pandemic. Neglected tropical diseases. More than a billion people suffer from them. We have to eliminate these diseases. And of course, animal welfare. Animals deserve to live just like we do. It's also why I'm vegan. Oh, look, look, look at his fridge. It's all, it, they took a moment. Said he, You know what he looks like? He looks like Johnny Depp now that Johnny Depp's been out on his bender. 
the post-breakup Johnny Depp where you're like, what's up with Johnny Depp's face? Maybe they did like a face swap. Maybe this guy, maybe this is how the system gets back at Johnny Depp and they actually like switch their brains and Johnny Depp's inside of this guy right now. And then that guy just overtook Johnny Depp's body. And that's why Johnny Depp's body is starting to look like this guy's face because this guy's evil demon spirit is so bad that it's actually eroding Johnny Depp's natural beauty. I mean, how's that for a theory? But I didn't even realize this. They got him in front of the fridge to show off the soy and the fake eggs, which I, if there's one thing that I stand against, it's fake eggs. Regular eggs are perfectly good eggs. They're cheap. They're delicious. They're fully functional. I don't know why. I don't need a plastic version of it. And if you're going to sell me fake eggs, at least be upfront about it. This is how you know you can't trust people. From now on, anyone opens up their fridge and they're, and they're working off of fake eggs, you know right away that that guy's not a good person. Sam doesn't need the money to buy a Lamborghini or to buy a Rolex or to impress his friends. In fact, his car is a Toyota Corolla. Hold on. Where, where and uh, by the way, that probably isn't true either. I don't know if you guys saw that fucking beanbag footage, but I then then they're claiming that he was all just sleeping in the office until it turns out that they've got the nicest penthouse suit you've ever seen. Where's your car? It's uh, that one there. That's like what, a Toyota? Uh, yeah, it's a Corolla. Why don't you buy a Lamborghini, man? I didn't have any particular need for one. He wants to get rich in order to... In All right, I think we've seen enough of this bullshit. Let's take a couple comments, move on to the next topic. Kyle Letterman, when you look into a billionaire philanthropy, a lot of them is giving money to trust. They set up to avoid taxation from growth on the money. Gates is notorious for this. They get a tax write-off, too. Um, St. Michael, even diseases are facing neglect now. Mitchell C. Dude literally ran a crypto pyramid scheme and faked his own asset value. Basically just a one-man fed that people actually want to give money to. And then one more farce, mommy. Why did none of us get picked in the CIA ops? There you go. Manufactured person. They're writing, they're writing the story. They see that the new Instagram age will look at this bitch boy and go, yeah, yeah I think he's actually being a nice person. All right. Here, we got a couple uh, other quick videos. Here we've got Mr. Wonderful describing why it is that he liked FTX. Let's give this one a watch. In, in, in managing the decisions on which projects to, to invest in, because I'm very fortunate, my deal flow's insane. I see everything. Mm -hmm. And I have to disclose, I'm a paid spokesperson to, uh, to FTX and a shareholder there too, because we mentioned them. And big advocate for Sam, because he has two parents that are compliance lawyers. If there's ever a place I could be that I'm not going to get in trouble, it's going to be at FTX. So in, in, in well, how'd that one work out for you? You mean the two compliance lawyers who both work at Stanford, who seem to have high, uh, heavy tie-ins with the Democratic Party? Also, that's such a classic one. Like that's that 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 is like uh, second grader logic of when a kid comes into school and you're having an argument and he goes, "Well, I, my dad works as a jeweler, so I know about diamonds." And then here, here he is, because this is the problem is that it all still falls into the Democratic playbook where they go, well, we're going to need more regulation. That's what went wrong here. If we just had more regulation in the market. Right, I'm well, a shareholder in the international. That's a zero. It's not the first time I've made a bad investment, probably not the last time. But luckily, I make more good ones than bad ones. And I learn from my mistakes. What's going to happen now is there won't be another situation like this for institutional investors ever again. We're simply not going to put capital to work until this stuff gets regulated. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to fly to Washington and I want regulation. I'm a shareholder in the international. That's a zero. Regulation that's not going to help anybody. Just to give an idea to how 
the extent by which uh, regulation won't help common people. Uh, so this guy was engaged in fractional reserve banking, and it didn't take much for his bank to collapse because it's not backed by the Fed. If the Fed comes in and then it regulates one of these, it's just going to allow more pyramiding, which is essentially like if this was a collapse that happened just because it's essentially fractional reserve banking and you see how quickly it fell apart. Think about how corrupt the rest of the financial system is because it's cascading notes off of what's backed by the Fed. So if one institution just gets like the grace of God that it gets the stamp from the Fed, you're going to end up with all the same financial schemes and problems just in larger fashions getting bailed out by taxpayers. And yes, the elites like this wealthy guy can comfortably put their money there because now they know that the Fed is going to be in on the scheme with them. All right, a couple more videos and then uh, we'll bring on... Actually, I can... Uh... Steven, you can hang out with me and then we're going to get back into the FTX topics. Uh, I have a prediction in regards to Donald Trump. Firstly, I love that little screen behind you. I feel like this, we're, we're building out the look. This is, this looks more tech wizard when you got that little screen. You can unmute yourself. You can hang out. Um, it, so yeah, I'm build... trying to try out for the R RYM empire. If I say, all right, wait, let me, uh, let me switch my, I got, I got a high, high tech studio here with low tech solutions. Um, <laughs> I got a prediction for for Donald Trump, and uh, I'm I'm thinking he's finished. And the reason why I'm thinking he's finished is because Donald Trump's whole appeal has been, I'm a winner, and I'll win for you. And it's been too much losing that I feel like he can't continue to pretend like there's a victory coming down the pike. Like, I feel like it's like a magician who's standing up there, and he's telling you that he uh, is... Uh, what are the guys that can like, uh, uh, you know, put a trance on you? What do they call What do they call those people? The mentalists? What am I, what am I thinking of hypnosis? Like he's telling you that he can hypnotize you. And then all of a sudden the audience, the trick just keeps not working. I think at some point you put up enough losses that people are like, yeah, this isn't happening. Uh, so this was an article in the wall street journal. Uh, it was, uh, Steven, do you freeze on me? Oh, oh no. no. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just pulling up the tweets for our uh, next conversation. You know, the the conspiracy theories are getting quite wild with FTX, but they're becoming more believable. Hell yeah. All right. So, this is uh from uh Mike Pence and this is from the Wall Street Journal and I'm going to read two paragraphs. Mr. Eastman repeatedly qualified his argument saying it was only a legal theory. I asked, "Do you think I have the authority to reject or return votes?" He stammered, "Well, it's never been tested in the court, so I think it's an open question." <laughs> At that, I turned to the president who was distracted and said, Mr. President, do you hear that? Even your lawyer doesn't think I have authority to return electoral votes. The president nodded as Mr. Eastman struggled to explain. The president replied, I like the other thing better, presumably meaning that I could simply reject electoral votes. All right. This is later in the same article. On January 5th, I got an urgent call that Mr. President was asking to see me in the Oval Office. The president's lawyer, including Mr. Eastman, were now requesting that I simply reject the electors. I later learned that Mr. Eastman had conceded to my general counselor that rejecting electoral votes was a bad idea and any attempt to do so would quickly be overturned by unanimous Supreme Court. This guy didn't even believe what he was telling the president. Uh, now, this is uh, a little bit different than everything we've heard from the January 6th uh, uh, committee, uh, not because they haven't spoken about uh, Eastman, but because they were a uh, Democratic you know, panel of uh, people just looking to kind of make Trump look bad. You know, it was like a 
it was it was not a fair commission in any capacity because they removed all the good Republicans from it. Uh, but this one looks particularly bad for Trump. It's really showcasing the fact that even if the election had been rigged, let's just say that that was true. He's still a fucking loser because he was the president and he didn't stop it and he never proved it and he didn't present his story well. And then you get down to the weeds of the actual conversations about it. And it looks like he really was just fucking winging it. It Can really I play devil's advocate real quick. Sure, please do. I would just I would just point out that we don't actually live in a democracy. Every vote doesn't count. Like is pointed out here, you know, we live in a, um, a representative republic. So it's actually the electoral votes that count. So I kind of get his mindset. It's like, you know, we don't really live in a democracy anyway. And that's the way it was designed. So like what really is an electoral vote, you know? Right. But he wasn't I, I yeah, but that's lunacy. The idea that we're going to go through with our fake election process and then I'm just going to nullify the entire thing. It's like you still got to you still got to put on the show. Play by the rules. Yeah. Like, you gotta, yeah, you play by the rules. You got to put on the show if you're going to, you know, not even put on the show then people are going to go, well, you're a dictator. Like they need the facade of the show. And so I think you're hitting something so important. It's, you know, the facade, right? Like what else is just a facade? Right. But the point I'm trying to make is that it's just seeming like uh, Donald Trump was never that good at putting together plans and executing on plans, which even includes the rigging the election thing, which came down to, hey, I have a lawyer who's kind of talking out of his ass. I kind of like what he's saying. And if I can bitch out Mike Pence, we'll just take it from there. And then where are you going from it? And then on top of everything that's happened, I just think that it's going to be hard for him to make the argument of, hey, I'm winning. Oh, here's here's another one, Stephen. I've noticed that in all the analysis of what's going on in regards to why the Republicans could not put together a better victory, their big talking points are that independents were not motivated enough to vote for Republicans. And the reason why they weren't motivated enough to uh, vote for Republicans is um, in, I I guess they're trying to play up the Trump story and then also the abortion story. And what I think they're not talking about is the fucking freedom story and the COVID story. Like that Republicans, (laughs) I don't think did a good enough job of standing up and saying, Hey, this was fucking tyranny. None of this made any sense. And we need to we need to roll back government bureaucrats who are able to make in make decisions over your life without even scientific backing. Yeah, I, they, they didn't they didn't run on that at all. And and like you're saying, it's probably because most of them bought it hook, line, and sinker, and, and are still beholden to these same forces, still fucking pushing vaccines and wearing masks. I feel like that's the untold story in all the uh, in, in, in analysis I've seen thus far is anger towards the COVID regime. And I could be wrong about that. It's one of the things I've actually been upset about with that there wasn't more of an effort to kind of throw the assholes out to go, hey, fuck this COVID shit and fuck this inflation shit. There just wasn't enough of that. But it seems like uh, maybe candidates, you know, I I don't follow every local race, but it seems like maybe enough candidates didn't kind of step up with that messaging that gave people, you know, something to actually support. No, it's it's like you said, it, it just seems to be like reptile people and facades. You know, it's like, what well, what are you really doing here? And and now during the election, exactly. It was all the libertarian candidates. Exactly right. Um, just because they actually had a leg to stand on. And yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 really sad because uh, most of them probably would like to go back to it to get that power back. 
All right. So the couple good players in regards to COVID is uh, Rand Paul keeps saying that he's going to do his best to keep Fau- uh, to make Fauci accountable. I don't see it happening, uh, mostly because the Democrats didn't even win the I mean, they officially at this point lost the Senate. Uh, there was something interesting, though, and I recommend that everybody go watch all of this. I actually watched the full three hours and it was uh, quite interesting. Uh, but you had the authors of the great Daring- Barrington uh, Declaration, one of which is actually, I believe, debating tomorrow night at um, at the SOA forum. I might try and make that in for it. I might hit up Gene. Um, but there was a three hour meeting where the guys who wrote the great Barrington Declaration basically went through everything that that was wrong with our covid policy. And just to overly, overly simplify, um, it, they were basically arguing that lockdowns have never been public policy because they don't work. Um, and that we should have always from the outset of this, uh, basically kept the elderly safe and let everyone else go about their lives. And then they kind of break down how there was never good science supporting this, uh, including one of the guys who said that at one point he was a part of like the white house conversations. And he realized that people weren't doing their homework and he was coming in with the research and the data and everyone was ignoring him and didn't have alternative data. Um, so the entire thing is worth watching. Here is a uh, a two-minute highlight of, like I'm telling you, the entire thing. It's three full hours long, and there's a lot of unbelievable moments. But here's two minutes that I wanted to highlight. COVID, and it's been there uh, since 2020 in terms of natural immunity, and since 2021 in terms of natural immunity being... Can you crank the sound a little bit more? I would like to answer your question somewhat directly. Uh, And I'm not a politician, so I don't really care what people think. You might not be able to hear it that well because it's coming. It's playing through the computer, but there's no other way for me to get it to double back. We can Um, still kind of hear it. It, It's okay. And I think I actually have to back it up to 130 because essentially um, this guy who I believe the guy in the far right, who I believe is debating, I think he's a, a doctor from Stanford. The guy in the middle, yes. I believe, used to be like the one of like the higher ups in terms of virology at Harvard up until uh, this pandemic came around. And then he lost his job because he was talking about <laughs> the fact that everything was lo- lunacy. And then the guy in the far left, Dr. Scott Atlas, I guess, was also uh someone involved at the beginning of the pandemic until no one was listening to him and he was like all right everyone's retarded and i can't be a part of this uh but this particular moment is about uh natural immunity and why government ignored natural immunity community that university because if by requiring people who had COVID to mandate their vaccines university presidents and hospital directors are questioning or denying natural immunity uh the director of cdc in Lancet question whether there was natural immunity after COVID. To me, that is, I don't understand how we can have people at the lead of CDC, of universities and hospitals who questions natural immunity. That would be like having a, a university president or the head of a physics department or the head of NASA say that question whether the earth is round or flat. So how can we have people in the medical field, in the public health field, questioning whether national immunity exists. The evidence is there uh, since two and a half thousand years, but the evidence is also there specifically for COVID, and it's been there 
since 2020 in terms of national immunity and since 2021 in terms of national immunity being stronger than vaccine-induced immunity. I would like to answer. Just a, just a pause uh, there. Um, it, if you knew nothing about all the COVID policy that existed up, like you just weren't following the conversation in any capacity, I, I feel like that two minutes kind of sums up everything in a nutshell of uh, they were not working in the interest or with the best science backing their decisions. Uh, uh, again, I think we covered this in our COVID episodes, like the, this, the, the more like a uh, basic and by basic, uh, when people say basic science, they just mean more fundamental, not easier to understand. But when we were talking more about basic virology, we talked about how people knew this, right? Like if I could come on your show a year and a half ago and talk about how the, the vaccines were going to cause mutations and natural immunity is more powerful. These people knew it, you know, so they're not, you know, it goes back to our conversation when we met up evil versus incompetence. All right. And this is from uh, Tim, the ancient, the challenge now will be holding uh, people to their policy decisions and laying out the timeline of when people should have known about the, uh, the ineffectiveness of certain policies. Exactly. I, I agree a hundred percent. And that was what a lot of this conversation was about, about, um, how we're going to hold people accountable and how there needs to be overhauls and public uh, uh, public apologies. Uh, it doesn't seem to me like there's any no. movement or momentum to make that happen. You'll never get it because these people aren't incompetent. And that's what I was trying to say, but I'll explicitly say it. They're evil. They knew this vaccine wasn't going to work like this. They knew natural immunity was great. That when they get asked about it and they don't mention natural immunity, it's not because they don't know. These people are PhDs, guys. So they're evil, not incompetent. All right. On that note, uh, Tucker Carlson played a clip the other day. I don't know if you saw it. It was making the rounds on Twitter, um, but of the Lancet and others, I guess, uh, making more documentations of the fact <clears throat> of weakened immunity uh, from having been vaccinated. Yes. And then I guess also uh, I saw a mainstream article piece that I tweeted the other day. I don't remember it was, but of the FDA opening up longer term studies for myocarditis. Now, the longer term studies for myocarditis are, I, I mean, it's goofy because all of a sudden you're admitting that we need to study this, but yet you're still recommending the product for kids. So that's odd to go, hey, we don't really know what the long term problems could be, but we've got this thing that isn't going to kill them, but we're still recommending it. So, I mean, just that makes zero sense. Um, but I'll hand it back to you because it does seem like a little bit more information is coming out of hey, it's not so obvious that these things are, are, are totally safe for everybody. Notice the language, totally safe for everybody, meaning that like ignoring even the small percentage problems. Yeah, and I'm thinking we have like a Venn diagram here where we have like one side is like just the harm. So we're talking vaccine harms you and then the other circle is risk reward. So like how risk is COVID, then what's the reward of getting such a vaccine? And then there's the middle, which is like, uh, kind of what we're going to talk about, which is what everyone should talk about. And and so it's it's very clear that people <clears throat> under the age of 65, especially with uh, fewer predisposed conditions, such as the common ones, obesity, I, we've been over this, their risk of COVID was drastically small. And the risk of actually having an adverse serious side effect from the vaccine and an actual death was so high that in fact, if you were in these age age ranges under 65 and relatively healthy, your risk of at least having an adverse event from the vaccine and almost dying is actually greater than your risk of dying from COVID. 
not getting hospitalized, but dying <laughs> from COVID. All right. So let's take a minute before we get into the FDX stuff. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I got a bunch of live dates coming up. Uh, please come hang out. If you're in the Narlands area, I'm going to be down there this weekend, Friday night, doing a show. Rented a uh, little dance hall thingy thing. We got chairs. We got a microphone. I got a friend down there that's a funny comic going to be opening up. Uh, I'll be doing about an hour. He'll be doing 15, and then we'll probably do about a 15-minute live run your mouth rundown of all the news stories uh after that but please if you're in the area fucking come hang out it's gonna be an awesome weekend and i don't think i have anything doing after that just i will be game to hit fucking the streets of new orleans and do some booze and fucking parade Dude, that's fun your tubas motherfuckers uh i heard it's always mardi gras too so lots of titties hey man i'll be taking my titties out bring some beads um wow, down the pike kansas city omaha nebraska phoenix arizona tucson arizona Poughkeepsie with Davy Smith, and then I think end of year New Year's party banger at the Shell with a little bit of a end of year recap. So you guys might even want to travel to New Hampshire for that. Not yet, tickets are not yet available. Still negotiating contracts, but that's probably going to happen. Uh, and then quick plug for our sponsor, Jake's Mint Chew. For all your CBD lovers out there, this is an American-made product from the good old people of I think Massachusetts, and uh. This is a great way to get CBD. If you're into CBD, you put this in your gums. Delicious flavors absorbs right in there. And, uh, you know, not making any medical claims, but I've taken this. It calms you the fuck down. So if you're all fucking antsy like me, you're a fucking lunatic, and you like CBD products, you got all sorts of flavors. This one's cinnamon. I haven't tried the cinnamon yet. I've tried the lemon. I've tried the berry. I've tried the mint. Cinnamon sounds delicious. I like cinnamon gum, so I got, I'm going to have to crack this thing open. Uh, but you go to jakesmintchew.com. Use promo code Rob. You get 20% off. They got... Blue soap that I've been using as of late because I haven't bought any. Uh, yeah, it's like a nice soap bar. It's like uh, when I used to With go to my CBD? grandma's house and she goes, I don't even think there's CBD in it. I just think it's a oh. high quality soap. I cool. think they're just like, we're an American brand. We make high quality shit and here's some fucking soap. But they got all sorts of CBD products. I think they got the gummies. I like gummies before I go to bed. They got uh, they got the, the, the rub on shit for if your muscles are all sore. And then, of course, their signature product particularly if you got to uh, quit chewing because that's disgusting. Uh, you go to Jake's Mint Chew and you get yourself some CBD pouches. Shit's delicious and all the benefits of CBD. All right, Mr. Steven, let's wow. get into the FTX story because this thing's getting juicy. We've got he's the hair to the Epstein money. We've got he's funneling cash. We've got that the daughter. Dead people, yeah. We've got that the daughter who is part of this fucking orgy on the beanbag chairs is actually the, is, is her dad is uh old school Gensler's boss, boss. from Harvard. Uh, now if you're going to make the most gracious, the most gracious outlook here, uh, it would appear that the favorite elites, uh, their kids started a company. They got the into government. And so they're pushing for regulation. That's going to allow them to be the new version of, of banking where they can engage in fractional reserve banking and they regulate their peers out of the industry and that they become the platform. That would be the most favorable one. So they're spending $40 million, giving it to politicians. They've got the in with Gensler right. and they're hoping Family. that, yeah, they're hoping that basically it's just favorite elite class. And since they've got the in to centralize crypto and send it through the right decentralized crypto no, no, central to, Oh yeah. Right, right, our, yeah. yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah right. To yeah. centralized crypto. To centralized crypto with them as the preferred player. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we'll continue to support the Democrats. And then you guys give us the end. It's just remaking what always was the banking industry. But now I, I, it gets it gets loonier 
where uh, the, and these are the most fantastic claims of which there will be no reporting. We will never find out about. But it's like, is this the fucking CIA financial operation where essentially all the money that we're giving over to Ukraine? Because when we give all this money over to Ukraine, we know, hey, this is going to save lives. Somebody's somebody's getting this money back. And so now the question is, was FDX the way that they were getting the money back, that it was being laundered essentially straight through FDX back to these individuals? Everyone's taking their slice of the pie. And so I'll hand it to you, Stephen, uh, to navigate some of these conspiracy theories that are right. circling around <clears throat> Twitter and let us know. Give us the story and what you think might actually be fact here. A absolutely. And I think you did a great job before what I caught summarizing. I would just like to point out this is like the biggest financial fraud of our time. It is it bigger than is it bigger than Madoff? Yes. Oh, well, if you take into account the company was valued at $32 billion and then 48 hours later it filed for bankruptcy. And then if you also take into account that they had $16 billion of customer deposits on FTX.com, the international crypto uh, exchange. And but like, uh, how is that relative to like when like a Lehman goes out or the other week when you had to have that bailout of a, of uh, pension funds in England. Right. Like, I, I, I'm curious to know, and I'm asking because I look at the traditional banking sector and I go, this has the same liquidity problems. There's no liquidity problem. It's that you people are stealing. It's fractional reserve banking. It, it's actually more fraudulent yes. than that. Oh, yeah. so lay it on me. It was both, actually. So so just like I was saying, I, I just brought the $16 billion in customer deposits. And there's also this international hedge fund, Almeida, which is Caroline Ellison's the CEO. Her dad was the former boss of Gensler. Sam Bankman-Fried runs both of these companies. The absolute, the, the fraud that has everyone's jaw to the floor, including CZ of Binance, who exposed this, is that Sam Bankman-Fried coded in a back door. Wow. That must have been a juicy story that Stephen literally just disappeared. Welcome back, Stephen. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So SBF coded in a secret backdoor to his crypto exchange that then, without the knowing of regulators or anyone working at the company, siphoned off $8 billion in customer deposits that, that was against the terms of service, completely illegal, full-blown criminal stealing, and then siphoned it to Caroline at Almeida, where they did gambling and they paid off Democrats and they also made tons of investments to keep everyone happy. So, so we had this absolute fraud going on. And then they were also doing fractional reserve banking on top of that. If you look at their liabilities, they owe $1.4 billion in Bitcoin to people on their platform. Guess what? They don't have any Bitcoin. Their balance is zero. So they were selling coins and then taking the money like you were saying. And, well, the eight yeah. the eight billion dollars that they siphoned out, it's because they figured that there was never going to be a run on their bank, which is really no different than the way banks operate. Correct. A hundred ten a hundred ten percent. And what's interesting is when we're talking about the customers here, this was a very uh, this was a plot. The a lot of uh, small time traders didn't use FTX.com. They actually used Binance. The only people that got really frozen out from this were huge hedge funds and big time traders. The average ticket, so the average transaction on FTX to buy and sell any coin was over a hundred grand. So that's okay. So that's obviously so no in other words, institutional investors were using FTX more than uh and how did they how were they the ones to kind of get the institutional traffic? What did he do that oh, managed to get that? It it <laughs> It, it has to do with a mixture of being like a good grifter, probably his parents' connections, but on but they actually have um, email from people at Sequoia, who's a major VC firm that that in funds that uh, that funded FTX and lost all its investment. 
they have a an email from them saying Sam Bankman Freed was the most down to earth, humble guy ever. Sleeping on bean bags, it was beautiful. The musk of the startup was intoxicating. It it was just sucking dick, dude. And and so, I think there's a lot of incompetence and evil out there. And then what happens is I don't think it's incompetence. I think even on that level, they get the call of, hey, this is the one that the Democrats picked as being the right. uh and so the institutional players are trying to front run basically right. everyone. The whole conversation yes. about crypto has been, oh, if the institutional investors step in, then this is going to go up in value. So it sounds to me like everyone in the know was like, okay, these are the ones that's working with Washington. And so I guess they must have also have had some equity or some sort of a reason for yeah, why they right. wanted to be on the platform. Yeah. And then once you get one person like Sequoia, I'm, I'm right. listening to other podcasts and these are not just like people there. They actually run their own VC firm. So, so they have good stuff to say. And they say once you once you're in that type of environment and you get one, everyone else jumps in. Everyone right. else jumps in. And then once you have once you have your website with a list of people, oh, we got to get on that. So, so that's, and then it just kept feeding on itself there. Um, but they got into trouble with, uh, it does have to do with crypto because they had their own FTT token and they actually just kind of printed this and they actually cooked the books on this token as well, which has to do with Sam's backdoor that he coded in a way to secretly change the spreadsheets on this billion right. dollar. Hedge I have fund. an idea. Let's start a website called cookingthebooks.com. <laughs> And it's it's a crypto marketplace, but we're transparent about the fact that it's a lottery system. And, you know, you buy your tokens every once in a while. We just pick a winner. And for the most part, we steal your money. Cookingthebooks.com. That's actually what venture capitalists do. That's the definition, right? They bet yeah. on a thousand things and then they just want maybe 10 of them to go. Well, go we're, we're, it's, it's straight up. It's going to be a modern day lottery called cookingthebooks.com. And just every once in a while, we pick winners and then, you know, we, we take them around, we get them Lambos, we show all the money that they've won. And good, this is why, good. yeah, this is how much fun it is. It'll just be a new lottery, cookingthebooks.com. Right now, somebody go register that domain. <laughs> 110%. But so, so some of the stuff that I'm thinking that's a little bit more juicy here. So two weeks or let's see, October 29th and the FTT balance sheet was leaked on November 2nd. October 29th, this man, Nikolai, uh, he posted on Twitter. And who is Nikolai? He actually is a co-founder of Ethereum, and he actually started MakerDAO, which is a massive decentralized program in cryptocurrency. This, this guy is worth billions, and he has nothing to lose by making outlandish claims. So a that's couple a, days. That's the bald guy, right? Um, Possibly. Possibly. There's the, there's the Asian guy and the bald guy. Yeah, I, I don't think he's Asian. But anyway, on October okay. 29th, he was found dead. And the last Oh, tweet, yeah. What's the story with that guy who said that they're they're coming for me and then wound it up dead? What's the story with that? Remember the orgies you're talking about? Oh, he was one of the orgy dudes? No, he was onto them. Let me read what he said. Oh, so, so he this was, was saying, a, hey, they're all having sex with that nasty broad. Which, by the way, if we're going to have things answered, if you're going to have orgies and $40 million penthouses, what's with the Jew-faced ugly broad? You're telling me you can't uploads into better looking women? What is going that, on there? Unless that maybe, been the she, first red maybe she actually has a dick and they were bringing in all sorts of hot prostitutes and she was part of the bukkaking of the others. Maybe that's what was going on. Apparently, they're the reason there was an Adderall shortage, too. Like they were in, just in fucking Bahamas railing. or just them everywhere. Like, they were just the whole. <laughs> there's no way four people responsible for yeah, a worldwide ad Adderall. But they were shit. addicts. They were addicts. Yeah. Were they? Oh, dude, they were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
um, uh, full blown down the down the Addy rabbit hole, and they would talk about it on Twitter all the time. It's really right. weird. Um, but so so this guy that 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 again billions and and it, um, is a crypto OG. Like he helped design Ethereum. He has nothing to gain from centralized Ponzi schemes. He's already you know right. So that being said, the morning that he died, nine a.m. CIA and Mossad and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and Caribbean islands. They are going to frame me with a laptop planted by my XGF who was a spy. They will torture me to death. So Andy wound up dead. I will say though, if you want to commit suicide, that's the funnest thing to do beforehand is to make some sort of claim about pedo rings in the Mossad. That's like, I I, yeah. I should just do that every weekend before I go out <laughs> on the road. Not that I plan on doing anything to myself, but I'm just saying it's a funny thing to leave a trail to everyone goes, oh, look, Mossad, CIA. You know what I mean? It's the most right. interesting thing you can say before you disappear. Right. Well, people are speculating that he was actually on to FTX's huge ring, their political donations. And actually, by looking at the blockchain, like a sleuth that he was, he was actually to see that FTT was this kind of Ponzi scheme token. And he was he was trying to get to the bottom of it. And people come up with their own conspiracies. That's one of the farther out there out there ones. But going back to what you said about Ukraine, I think that's an amazing story. Um, that not only did FTX, you know, um, front run the partnership and they converted all the crypto to dollars for Ukraine, but Ukraine then invested in them. And it was, you know, and so we're still breaking it down. But why in the middle of a war would you invest in a company that's giving you donations? Right. Don't you need the money? Well, you got to pay your kickbacks. Right. And then and what's so amazing is that like a lot of these customers money went to fund the Democratic Party, ESG narratives, try to buy off Gensler and these like orgies with people that aren't even fucking hot, man. Like unless you're what? taking a bunch of Addies, in which case, you know, maybe you're 22, you're all ramped up, you're pretending you're stressed out from pretending like you're running a charity while you're running other people's money. And then at that point, a hole's a hole. <laughs> Bro, I don't know about you, but I would perform terribly if I had too many Addies. I would I don't even okay. know what I would do. I would be I'd be strange. The problem uh, with Addies is you get like a thinner wiener because it actually like thins your shit. Have you ever had like Addy wiener where you're looking in the mirror and you're like, dude, it looks like my fucking wiener just came out of Auschwitz. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like it thins out, but <laughs> but it feels better. So you're right. You don't get like you get worse erections with heightened sensation. So that one's more for you. Yeah, um, I've been doing uh, meat spins every morning to prevent that. It helps thicken what are, up. What are meat spins? No, you, you just spin your meat like a windmill or a helicopter, and okay. it allows the blood to flow. It's essentially the poor man's penis pump, but okay. you also get a little fun, too. So every morning, do you go clockwise and then counterclockwise? Yeah, it's like a helicopter. We're going up. Right. We're going down. Okay. <laughs> and you go 15-15? Ah, it's more like, you know... I'm watching something. It's usually news. It's not even like porn, right. right? Which is weird. Or like I'm on Twitter. You know, it's, okay. it's dumb. Yeah, it's it's, so it's just it's when you get a, when you get an opportunity, you'll just get a couple of dick spins in. Yeah, yeah, and it's just and, fun. Yeah, and uh, what brought you to uh, to dick spins? Was this after uh, research or just one day before jerking off? You were spinning it around a little bit. You're like, hey, I like the way that this works. Uh, more for monetary reasons. So okay, uh, yeah. So like. 
um yeah i'm always looking for like side work and like i heard right. about all these like women making like a ton of money just showing their assholes and like a lot of them aren't even like that cute and like assholes are kind of weird to me so i was right. like i could probably get away showing like my thick hog meat spinning so like right. i may or may not have perhaps recorded maybe like five or six videos i was thinking about doing one a day maybe right. putting them up you know j no head shots just see what happens right uh the the project fizzled out so it, it, if people go to thickhogdickspinning.com, uh, they will be able to see you. And then once you started getting into dick spinning lifestyle, you realized, I don't really want to film this, but I, it's still something I want to do for me. It's more for me. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and care. Yeah. And the and whatever cute ladies has, you know, I meet spontaneously in the future. There you go. So and listen, if you've been listening to this for a long time and you've liked everything that Stephen had to say uh, when it came to medical information, but didn't realize that he had a fat hog that he could dick spin for you. Well, now you're in the know. And uh, Stephen, how can they hit you up directly if they're interested in seeing the dick spins? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, actually check out my website, monetaryblaze.com. It's actually cool. We also have a four minute introductory step to hold your own keys and take uh, take control of your own crypto. We get you a decentralized Bitcoin lightning wallet, and I'll even send you some Satoshis to get you started. No dick spinning unless, of course, you want that, too. OK, but special request, they can get some dick spins. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, Just hit you, me up you, in the chat. And it, well, we'll get back to the FTX thing. But you mentioned uh Penis pumps. Are you coming out as the non-scientific residential expert and endorsing penis pumps? Is that a working technology? Rob, brother, since we're going to get into it, let's get into it. So you tasked me with something a while ago, and it was to look at the, the hormone replacement therapy, correct? Okay. Right. So in my research, I didn't report back to you because- right. For some other reasons, what I found because was you were too you were too busy dick spinning. <laughs> Me spinning. You, no, for, no. you forgot to come back and let me know that you had made discoveries. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're out there researching hormone replacement therapy and you figured out a way I can make my dick bigger, you got to come back and let me know that. You can't just be like, "Hey, I'm going my own my own way here." <laughs> right, you're like ASAP, a fucking sap. Yeah, right. no, but so I was looking at it, and it turns out like. There are such, I knew micro penises existed, but like I was reading about them in these peer reviewed medical journals and it does sound terrible. And so previously hormones were used like abortion, safe, legal, and rare. And so on these very cases where like, you know, and I'm not saying this to be funny at all, but they're actually like really small penises that are like not good for anyone. And so like you either need to get rid of it or like figure it out. They would actually use hormones to like help young people with that. And it turns out that there's a lot of positive results because they would only do it for a handful of people, right? They would only do it in these in these cases. So, so in other words, if your dick was so small, a doctor looked at it and went, yeah, we might as well make that a vagina. <laughs> You're not wrong. Then they would give you hormones. But then they would take the satisfactory results from that of someone going, this is better and then try and do that for a person with a normal wiener who yes. could have lived a normal life. Yes, or even a below average wiener doesn't matter, dude. There's tons of girls out there apparently, you know? Right. Or or let's say like a crooked wiener, like even a small wiener, dude. Like I, I don't have that big of a wiener. And like from what I've heard, you know, they're like, just get good with your hands. Like there's other stuff too. But like if it's if it's a micro, are we talking micro, you know? Right. How small are we talking about that a doctor's like, hey, a couple hormones, I can I can turn this to, into a hole in no time. <laughs> like they were saying like inches at like puberty. All right, let's go back. Anything else on FTX? Because this uh, went off the penis rails. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and yeah, um, uh, meat spins, FTX. Um, yeah, the, the family ties are amazing. Just some other ones. So right. um, 
let's see. Uh, the general counsel to FTX used to be lead counsel at the CFTC with Gary Gensler. Uh, Gabe, Sam's brother, founded Guardians Against Pandemics, a, dem a Democratic think tank and a legislative correspondent in Washington, D.C., advisor to the Democratic Party. Sam's aunt, Linda Freed, is the World Economic Forum member. Of course. Sam's father, Joseph, teaches at Stanford, where Caroline Ellison got her degree, who has lobbied for hedge funds in the in front of Congress in the past, and that is on film. Also, Stanford, that's where that professor who accused, uh, like, Stanford seems to be good <laughs> with the Hoover Institute, but then it also seems to have, like, some CIA recruitment tie-ins, uh, like, and I, I say that only yeah. because of the Kavanaugh lady who showed up and claimed that she had been like raped. But then also there was I remember some chatter of her like being a CIA recruiter or something along those lines. What do you think of, of these nuances? Because to me, I, I can't tear apart whether these are like literally, you know, these are families, uh, quote unquote, successful families. But then like they each do their own thing. And then through that, they kind of intermingle. And then after so much time, all these different organizations become. So the same I families? think. I, I I was you watching know? this George Carlin clip the other day uh, where I wish I could just find the clip, but essentially he was saying someone criticized it. I almost looked like a debate and I think someone criticized his point of view that there were like basically uh, elites that kind of run the world for their favor. And he goes, well, they're not getting And Carlin basically explained, well, they don't have to get together. It's just that they all have the same interests. So it's not that they have to sit around and have a conversation. It's that they all went to the same universities. They all have the same point of view. And so they're all doing things that benefit basically them in general, because like they're all kind of after the same thing. So this would seem almost like a similar thing where it's like, I don't know that someone in the CIA actually sat down and said, all right, we've got all this money. We got to figure out a new laundering operation. Hey, didn't Jack and Billy's kid doesn't he got a goofball modern day look that would work for Instagram? <laughs> right, he's getting right. a degree in this shit. Yeah, we'll just put him in charge. Right. I I don't think it happens that way, even though this one, if I've ever seen one that kind of fits the manufactured person narrative and the way that I, 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 I guess Instagram works now of what they try and pretend is cool. Like I, so I could see that the CIA go, all right, who's here? Here's who we're casting. What I think is more likely is, uh, you've got it. By the way, the way that this kid originally made his money makes no sense. They're talking about like he just Jane Street. Yeah, actually, I didn't bring that up. So sorry. So Jane Street yeah. is a, and and that has ties to Carolyn too. And so just to maybe push back or give another opinion, maybe the maybe it's not CIA, but CIA talks to people that influences these people at a younger age. And I know that's happened before right. in colleges. But um, but Jane Street's basically a crypto quant trading fund. It's just fancy talk for they they write algorithms that trade stocks and crypto. And so they basically they they brought on these like young stars early. But I think it'd be interesting to look more into Jane Street crypto and their past. Well, apparently I, I got to look into this because they said he originally made his fortune because he just found some like mispriced Bitcoin that he was able to like buy here and sell in Japan or something like just fucking stupid. Uh, where you're like, that sounds like bullshit. Right. But let, let's just go with that. It wasn't even though it sounds like his initial funding was probably bullshit. Like it's just it's possible that he gets his operation started and then he's got his parents. Then his parents are like, oh, our kids got a thing that could really help our thing over here. And then those people start getting involved. And then Gensler's like, oh yeah, I, we, we're going to have to pick someone to be the platform. And like all of a sudden just everyone's self-interest kind of starts lining up and it is fraudulent. And in this case, they just lost because uh, 
I mean, it would be funny if that's actually what they were building and it just Binance and Twitter the same way that, you know, Wall Street Silver was able to take out the Ar uh, Arcos or whatever hedge fund that that guy was a protected player for a long time. Right. It seems like we're kind of in a new world where uh, the masses of the Internet can actually, you know, what's interesting. I just thought of this. In my, it's like these people want to protect information because like they don't want truth and honesty. And for the most part, they do a pretty good job of kind of keeping information from people when it comes to financial information you don't need a lot of leakage to do a ton of damage. Exactly. So like, in other words, like when it came to like the crypto thing, I, I'm, I'm sorry, when it comes to like the COVID thing, the fact that me and you are questioning it, there's only so much we can do, yes. but imagine if they're being fraudulent about the value of a company, me and you know that they're fraudulent. We have that piece of information. We can get enough people to trade on it. So it's like the world of finance is different because the leakage is actually more expensive to them. It's it, it yeah it's very direct. It's based on like whispers, and, and it's just amazing they got away with it for so long based on that. You know, which makes it makes you strongly believe it's an inside job, paying off regulators. Yeah. All right. Oh, next. Yeah. Sorry. One final thing to this. There's more to the story with Gary Gensler. He's a fucking crook. Okay. And and um, Congress. Tom Elmer, I believe, or Congressman Elmer got leaks from inside government agencies that Gary Gensler was actually working with SBF specifically, uh, giving him loose or not hitting him as hard or giving him looser regulations in order to kind of flip and be his buddy in the space. In which case, which is highly illegal, right? Well, you can't give like favoritism or stuff like that, especially with these connections. So that should be interesting. All right. I have another website for you to build, meatspinners.com, and it's for cock spinning <laughs> enthusiasts. And maybe you can sell the workout DVD explaining yes! people how they can get good blood flow going. Uh, and so after this episode, if you can go register the name, uh, uh, cookingthebooks.com and meatspinners.com, assuming one of the 60 people watching the show live didn't already beat you to it. Uh, but that is our episode. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for hanging out. Steven will be back in the near future uh, next time. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes up. And uh, buy some tickets, RobbieTheFire.com, even though it's not the most uh, finely tuned website. All the links are there. You might have to scroll around a little bit, but, you know, just come out for the fucking shows. All right, that's all I got. Let's take a couple comments. Uh, Forest Mommy, instead of meat spinning, they commit fraud, you know? <laughs> I have an honest business. Dr. Meat Blood... <laughs> Uh, meta blood you don't want leakage while you are meat spinning that, that he is a doctor uh, that that's facts right there eddie grim saying thanks guys and we'll close it out with saint michael all right back to the bonfire nice. all right later everybody have a good day see you guys oh wait i didn't i meant to end the broadcast we have the most awkward